The following program is sponsored by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom. But I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome to Channel Mom. This is the show that is for you, Mom. There's not a lot of media out there that thanks mothers, encourages mothers, helps mothers, gives mothers wisdom, focuses on the parent, and of course a lot of dads tune into us as well. So grateful for those who are regular listeners, people like Gretchen and Lisa. Uh, and we had a new uh, person that wrote to me just last week, Mr. Perkins. So grateful for folks who uh, appreciate what we're trying to do for motherhood in America. We're really trying to, to start the conversation back up to say, hey, look, we got to pay attention to this. Our families are falling apart. We need to encourage the mothers. We need to give them the best information and advice and encouragement. Uh, and, of course, we also give them biblical wisdom and knowledge here on Channel Mom that we just hope sows into their lives and, and, and helps them raise their children well. Look, it's it's not easy, and I don't expect you to be perfect, and not for one second do I expect that to, you to think I'm perfect, uh, but we are here to help you, uh, and that's why we do what we do. Uh, a little quick update on my husband and my son, if anybody cares. I was talking last week about how they were undefeated, and they're no longer undefeated, <laughs> but they are going to go to the playoffs. Right here in Colorado, 1A, small little school. Go Platte Canyon Huskies, so proud of them. Um, all right, so I, I have an exciting show for you today, I think. We, we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. If you feel like you have a zombie living in your house, and, and I, I mean that with all sincerity. Zombies are kind of the thing right now. It's kind of a trendy thing to watch the dead show. I can't remember what that's called, but I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no words from Don. Do you know the dead show I'm talking about? Our, our guest upcoming. You know the zombie. The oh, there you go. The Walking Dead. Uh, I think a lot of parents feel like when it comes to technology, they've lost their children. And our next guest is not going to just talk about technology, but going to talk about what happens in your household when your child tunes out, uh, turns away, is no longer communicative, maybe cares about a lot of other things besides you and the family, maybe is tuned in only to screens, only to their smartphone, uh, constantly Snapchatting or Instagramming or whatever it is they do, and you feel like you've lost them, you feel you're worried about them, and uh, you want to know how to get all this back. And maybe if you're a mom of a younger child, you want to know how to head it off. And our next guest is really going to help you with that. He has written a book called My Teenage Zombie resurrecting the undead adolescent in your home. He also wrote Finding Purpose Beyond Our Pain. His name is Dr. David Henderson. He happens to be a Texas-based psychiatrist in the Dallas area. And I'm so excited to have him tell us today and school us, and frankly, school me about how we should be approaching this issue of our kids turning into zombies. Welcome to Channel Mom, Dr. Henderson. Jenny, thank you so much for having me on the program. Oh, we're glad to have you. Okay, so here, let's just launch in. I, I deal with this daily. I have, happen to have an 18-year-old and a 14-year-old. 
And uh, there are a lot of women in my audience that have kids from zero to 14 as well, who are probably just about as concerned about this issue as I am. And I, and I don't think you're just focusing on technology, but, but let's just hit that first. I look at kids and I look at adults, frankly, and what's happened to our country and our culture with so many looking, so many people looking at phones and being integrated into their phones more than people and more than community. And, and I worry about things like compassion going away and generosity and, and help, you know, for one another. I, I'm just deeply concerned. So as a psychiatrist, what is your best assessment? about what being such a screen-intensive, technology-intensive society is going to do to these next generations. Absolutely. Well, first, I think we need to take a step back and look at what we as humans tend to do with all good things in life. We try to make them as readily accessible as possible in as easy a way as possible. So take food, for example. Food is healthy. Food is good for us. We need it to survive. However, as humans, we have tried to make food taste as good as possible and be as quick as possible to giving us a an illusion of nutrition. So I can walk over to the Krispy Kreme donut shop and buy a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts, get a quick rush of sugar, and I feel like I've just nourished myself. Uh-huh. But I really haven't. It's not sustainable. It doesn't last. And we've done the same thing with technology and with our desire to connect emotionally with other people. We've created all of these programs that get up, give us the illusion of connecting in as quick and easy a way as possible, but it's not sustainable. It's not lasting. So you have all these kids that have thousands of friends on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, and, and they're Snapchatting and doing all these things that make them feel connected with their friends, but they're not learning the essence of what it really means to connect on a deep emotional level with other people. So you've got all of these teenagers who are engaging in these activities, but they are emotionally, psychologically, relationally weak in their ability to first know themselves as an individual. And that's one of the goals of adolescence is to get someone to get to the place where they understand their identity. So they don't know themselves, but they also don't know other people and they can't relate. They can't empathize. So we've created this system that's really a false sense of connecting that has robbed our teens of the ability to make good, long lasting relationships that survive tough times. Yeah. I'm deeply worried about it. I mean, we just had Halloween at our house, and we live in a tiny mountain town, but we happen to live in a neighborhood where all the houses are close together as opposed to being five acres apart. And so we get, and I'm not kidding, close to a 1,000 trick-or-treaters. Oh, wow. And as we got these 1,000 trick-or-treaters, I was watching my kids in the living room. And while they're good and they're not allowed to have Facebook and they're not allowed to have a lot of things, but we've, you know, 
when my son was 15, we finally let him have a phone. So I watched them with their friends in the living room during Halloween, which is, you know, kind of a festive time. I don't love that holiday, by the way, but but it's a festive time. And they're all looking at their phones. And I think, okay, what about friendship? And what about, re, you know, interrelating and, and, and helping each other and, and having compassion? You know what I mean? And so I, I get worried about it. Now, you talk about, we only, we only have about four or five minutes left in this segment, but I want you to at least get into what you're talking about when you talk about a teenage zombie or, frankly, a preteen zombie? Sure. Well, a teenage zombie is lacking really three elements, and I address these in the first section of the book. The first is a lack of spark. So, you know, the idea is the brain is an electrical organ, and it has a spark to it. It's really the es- what the essence of it is is our motivation for life. Yeah. And a lot of parents say that their kids just aren't motivated. And I always correct them and, say, and I say, yes, they are. They're motivated by something at any given moment in time. That is either the pursuit of a reward or the avoidance of pain. And yeah. if you can understand what that is, you've taken the first step to resurrecting your teenage zombie, your tapping into what that spark in their life is. What is that motivation? The second thing that you have to resurrect is a pulse. You see, the heart is the source of passion in our lives, what drives us. But if you don't have a healthy pulse, you're not going to be able to drive that that blood to the areas of your body that you need nourished. So parents, once they realize what's motivating their teen, they've got to be able to create a channel. They have to be able to create a pulse in that life to really allow for sustainable livability. And then the very last element is called fiber. You know, if you watch a zombie movie, you notice the zombies' bodies are always falling apart. Yeah. And a lot of teens look great on the outside. They're the straight-A student or the homecoming king or queen or the star athlete. But any issue related to failure, any problem that they face and they fall apart, they don't have the determination, they don't have the fiber to push through failure and really learn to fail well. And so in the book, I really work to try to give some practical tools for parents to be able to take these three elements and use them instill them into the life of their teenagers so that they can launch a successful adult out into the world who will be able to have an impact on that world for good. Yeah. We've only got about two minutes left in this segment, but I want to read a couple of little things that you've said in the book that I really resonated with. And I want people to stay tuned because uh, Dr. Henderson has specific tips about how to deal with this syndrome and I'm even going to ask him, you know, what should we be doing with the technology? How much should we be limiting it? Uh, you know, there's evidence out there that shows that, that people and kids who spend more time on social media are significantly more likely to be depressed. So, so what do we do about these things? Okay, when you talk about teenage zombies, you say that their psychological and social development have died in some ways. You talk about um, undead adolescents, meaning they seem dead, but they're not dead. That um, You say this, and I, man, did I understand this. Undead adolescents are directionless, and this lack of direction leads them to focus all their attention on one thing, themselves. This self-centeredness, as you know, generates a great deal of conflict within the family system. Because directionless teenagers are all 
are all about instantly gratifying their own personal needs. They give no thought to the long-term consequences of their decisions or how they are impacting their present and future relationships. They have very little restraint when it comes to pleasure. When confronted with a challenge, they will often take the path of least resistance. They They use things like food, video games, pornography, drugs and alcohol, and even romantic relationships with other people as a way to escape the demands of life. Wow. And, and, and you're so right. And by the way, I'm not indicting my precious children. I just have seen some of these tendencies in them as, as with a lot of teenagers. And, and I, and I do, and I say this with all modesty because my children aren't perfect. I have kids that look great on the outside, you know, straight A students and they, they're great. They're really good athletes and all those things are supposed to look like, but I do sense a little bit of this stuff encroaching on their lives. We only have 30 seconds left. So I'm going to just tease the fact that Dr. Henderson is coming back and he's going to help you with this syndrome. I have a feeling there's some mom out there that see this already beginning to happen in their nine and 10 year olds, or they're concerned about it happening, even if they only have toddlers, this is big stuff. You need to be intentional about your children. You need to own this. You need to direct your children in the way you want them to grow up and what you want them to be when they grow up. You don't, you can't completely control that, but you want to focus on what you want for your children and you can win over this issue. We'll be right back. Jenny from Channel Mom. And if you're a mom, I know that you give your all for your kids. But sometimes it feels like no one even notices what you do. That's why we aim to give back to moms like you through Channel Mom outreach, coffees, and awards. First, our outreach helps moms with marital struggles, parenting issues, depression, and more with help from our amazing partners like Mops and Love and Respect. We also love to reward moms with our One Amazing Mom Award and a grant for single homeless moms. So go to ChannelMom.com to connect with our outreach or simply attend one of our channel mom coffees for inspiration and encouragement finally i'd like to hear from all the moms out there i'd love to hear your mom's story what you need in your life your advice or what you'd like to hear on channel mom radio reach out to us at channel mom one word on facebook twitter or instagram and please come support us in our mission to love coach and encourage moms you can come to channelmom.com and push the donate button and help us to continue ministering to moms It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Okay, we're starting a new thing here at Channel Mom. Before we get back to our guest, Dr. Henderson, we have a brand new thing that I like to call Mom Applause because I think every mom deserves some applause at least once in her day. I really think everybody needs a little appreciation who mothers. So many moms walk through their daily life and work and help and give and nurture and love, and nobody remembers to thank them. (laughs) So uh, once a week, Channel Mom is going to give you a little mom applause, and here it is. Okay, if you were driving in your car or maybe you're listening by podcast, if you think that wasn't for you, it was for you. Thank you, Mom, for all you do. Every week, if you need a little applause, just tune into Channel Mom. We'll give it to you. 
Okay, we're back with Dr. Henderson, the author of My Teenage Zombie, Resurrecting the Undead Adolescent in Your Home. And he's talking about a syndrome that's really near and dear, I think, to a lot of parents' hearts, even those who are sort of approaching this time where they feel like they're going to have an undead teen. And by undead, he's being facetious. He's saying your kid can seem like a zombie because they've tuned out and, and they're, they're possibly tuned into a lot of technology and tuned away from you. So welcome back to uh, Channel Mon, Dr. Henderson. Great to be back. Okay. So is this a 21st century syndrome? When you talk about our kids kind of becoming zombies, even in their preteen years, where they sort of turn away, uh, they get very self-centered, they don't seem to be as invested in relationship, uh, they, they don't seem to have a healthy identity or a healthy sense of how to be a part of a community. I mean, all these things seem to happen kind of now. Is it a 21st century thing or not? I do think it's become a 21st century issue. You know, back 100 years ago, there was really no such thing as an adolescent period. It was simply a child had certain rites of passages that led them to adulthood. And uh, most people back then would go from an apprenticeship and working, and they would get married early, start having families of their own. And so there really wasn't this gap Some of the things that we've seen change in the 21st century is that it takes a lot longer to get your education in order to be able to do jobs that can generate an income. And so we have teenagers who are sort of in this holding pattern, waiting to be a productive member of society. And what happens is is pop culture enters in, and because they don't have an identity defined by their work or by their relationships, they start developing a culture within themselves. And this adolescence, as technology has taken over with more and more jobs, uh, and as uh, young people are becoming more and more financially dependent for longer periods of time right. on their parents, right. there is this lengthening stage and the chance for them to become sort of the undead in that lack of motivation and drive. Yeah, there's a statistic out there that suggests that um, adults between 20 and, and the lower 30s, a third, one third are still financially dependent on their parents. So so I can see what you're saying. And I and I also get a little concerned about our spiritual lives. Um, you know, of course, we're on Christian radio and I'm somebody who loves and follows Jesus. And I worry that, that the, those little screens and those smartphones have become their gods. And they look to that for a sense of identity and a sense of self-worth and affirmation and, and what they should be focusing on and what they should be doing. I mean, it's a big concern for me. So, so if, if parents are seeing the syndrome, especially as it relates to technology in their home, and maybe it's that their kid's turning to pornography or drugs or something to fill themselves that, that has also turned them into a zombie, what, what stops a parent from, from being able to address this? Because I think a lot of parents may see some of this going on in their house, and it's not that our teenagers are the enemy. I want to say that right now. I, I love my kids very, very much, and, and they're perfectly wonderful, and they put down their phones, and they can talk and communicate and laugh. But, but I do think a lot of parents are dealing with just at least a form of this, where they think, my kid's checked out. He's tuned out, or she's tuned out. They have some fears that develop. Can you talk about that, Dr. Henderson? Well, absolutely. And I think one of the things that parents need to take home, and I really try to encourage them to evaluate in the sessions and the appointments that I have with them, is that you have a lot more control than you realize. And recognizing that you have that power and control eases some of those fears. 
But one of the biggest fears that parents have is that they are not aware of what their son or daughter is doing. And so many of them fear being deceived uh-huh. uh, by their teens, by their zombie teens. If you think about it with a, a zombie, a zombie looks very much like a human. But when you confront them face-to-face, they are something totally other than ourselves. And a lot of parents assume that my teenager should think the way I do, should act the way I do. uh, And when they don't, it's very surprising. It's overwhelming. So one of the things I recommend to parents is first get to know your teens. And in terms of technology specifically, get to know what your teens are doing online. And there are plenty of ways to monitor that and keep track of that, but you have to be proactive, number one, to know what kinds of technology they're engaging in, and then number two, have those difficult conversations with your teens about how that technology is affecting them. And by keeping that dialogue open and clear, you're not necessarily rescuing them from some of the pain that they might experience, but you're helping them to process emotionally what is happening. And that's really the goal is to step away from your teenagers in order to launch them in society, become a consultant, become a mentor, and hopefully at one point in the future become a friend and a confidant that they can share with, but that you're not automatically just fixing all the problems that they're experiencing. Yeah. You talk about some other fears. You talk about the fear of association, the fear of exhaustion. <laughs> and I think parents do think that, that it's tiring, or, or and I don't, maybe not interpreting that correctly, but th- this is exhausting to monitor all this and, and to try to get a path back to your child and, and humiliation that, that the child may embarrass them. I do want to speak to the point you just said about monitoring their interaction with, with social media and, and, and being online. I sometimes will roll my eyes if my son wants to show me something that he's been looking at on Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. He said, oh, mom, you got to look at this. And I think, oh, this is just so inane and stupid. Why do we have to look at this dumb screen? But then I think, okay, he's inviting me in and he's showing me what makes him laugh or what makes him cry or what he thinks is interesting. And, and And it's a chance for me to monitor what he's doing. So, so encourage your child to say, oh, what picture did you just take? Show me the picture you just sent on Snapchat or whatever it is, although they'd go away quickly. But I, I like that. Uh, do you have another takeaway tip that a parent can use if they feel like their child has turned into a bit of a zombie uh, as they've grown older? Absolutely. I think as you're talking to your teens and as you're getting some of that information back from them, really working to step out of the drama, so to speak, because when your teen does things that are humiliating to you, uh, when they embarrass you in front of others, there's a real tendency to step in and live vicariously through them. And we do that in a positive way in sort of the sports. We want to see them succeed, but in a negative way as well. We experience the emotions when our teens fail. And if you can recognize that and recognize what you need from your teenager emotionally and be able to process that and verbalize that and then also lower your expectations of what they're going to be able to provide back for you, I think you're going to have more clarity in how you communicate with them, how you discipline them, and ultimately how you give them freedom to begin to start pursuing some of these things. Because ultimately, you are relinquishing control. You're working to get them out on their own. And in order to do that, you have to make a separation and a break emotionally as well. So the best thing that I tell parents to do 
is recognize that for your teen, failure is not the opposite of success. It is a part of success. And if you can let your teen fail in certain areas of life, and I get into some of the specifics in the book, if you can let them fail successfully in life and be there to process that failure with them, you will be helping them so much better than if you were to just rescue them from all of these scary things that might happen to them in their life. Right. I have one other very quick question, and then we have to tell folks how to find the book. But but I do, I, I love what you're saying about you have to pull back, you have to not expect too much from them, even if they look good on the outside. I sometimes want my kids to feed into me emotionally and to thank me and to appreciate me and all those things. And I sometimes have to stay, take a step back and say, Jenny, this isn't about you. You really are the parent that is here to love and nurture and, di- and discipline, but, but you're not here to get everything back from them that you're giving to them. You really have to do this unselfishly. So I appreciate that advice. Just very briefly, in 30 seconds before we tell folks how to find this book if they want more help in this area, wh- what's just one quick thing that a parent could say to a child or do with a child if they feel like they're losing them, if they feel like they've become a zombie walking in their house? I think the the most important thing to communicate is I'm here, my motivation is to help, and I am putting these boundaries in place for your good. And whether you believe this or not, that is my desire, that is my motivation, that is my spark, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. The more that a parent can explain the rationale to their child for their actions, the more likely their child is to respect them. They may not agree with them and they may fight against them, but in the end, in the long term, they will respect you for it. And I think the hope is is that years from that point, they will look back and they will say, wow, my mom, my dad was right, and I yeah. I'm so glad that they instituted that. that. That's good. Okay. The the book is My Teenage Zombie uh, by Dr. David Henderson. You can find it on Amazon uh, and other places. And, and quickly, what's your website? We've only got 15 seconds. It's drdavidhenderson.com, drdavidhenderson.com. Oh, thanks for being a part of Channel Mom. We appreciate it. And thanks for your message. It's an important one. Have a good day. Thanks so much. Okay. God bless. Thanks. Okay. Very quickly, if you guys want to find us, I always love to hear from moms about what more we could be doing for you, about uh, what we've already done for you and how we've helped you. You can reach out to us at Channel Mom at Gmail and, of course, all over social media. (laughs) hate to say that today, but we are at Channel Mom. And uh, I've got some new ideas for ways that you can get involved with us as well. I'll tell you about those next week. And please go to ChannelMom.com and help us out. Just click the Donate button and just tell us that you care about what we're doing and you want it to keep going and just give us a little donation. We'd love it. God bless you. Have a great weekend. If you enjoy what you hear on Channel Mom Radio, and if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. 
So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family.